The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Man, I'm exhausted. No. What a bottle. Right? That was a good one. But to think, we were scared of these Israelite gods. We? Nah, bro, that was you. <laughs> That was you. But yeah, we won. How many how many do you think it was? They'll be like they'll be killed? 10,000? I might have put down 10,000 myself. That had to've been like 30. 30? Around 30. You're right, you know. You're right. It might be around 30,000. I mean, that was a lot of soldiers, but hey. Man, we showed that their god's not even that powerful. I'm starting to think that all of these stories we heard about Egypt hundreds of years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm starting to think they're all fairy tales, bro. Because look at their God, bro. Look, what is this? What is this? Yeah, I mean, this is a strange looking idol. I mean, I guess we all have our God, so, but... Dang, it's just this? This is what we're so, so afraid of? Anyway, what are we going to do with this? I think we should just leave it out here. All right, so my thing is... Let's be gentlemen about it. We just completely destroyed them. So we're not going to leave their God outside just to completely ridicule them. Let's have class. What I suggest is let's put this treasure chest box thing God in our temple so that any traveler, any foreigner, any Philistine, anyone who's coming to worship Dagon, the true God, can see our God and its majesty versus this imposter. You really want to put this thing in Dagon's temple? I mean, you got a point. It is a god. I mean, yeah, why not? I don't see the. I don't. I don't. I don't see what could hurt about it. Um, uh, you know how yesterday we left Dagon's statue standing upright on a pedestal? Yeah, I. I think the Israelite God got upset in the night and kind of pushed him to the ground. Man, you tripping. Dagon probably just fell off his own accord. I'm telling you it's the Israelite God, bro. There was no earthquake or anything last night. This room has no windows. Tell me, explain to me, how else could Dagon have fallen? Man, it is not this Israelite thing. If it had any power, we surely wouldn't have went against them. Like, let's just be honest. Okay. Let's do this. We're gonna put him back. And let's see what happens tomorrow. Man, I can't explain this one. I mean, shoot. Dagon's in pieces. But I told you it was the issue like God's now he's gonna break all of us into pieces. I guess there's something with this arc. 
I knew we should have never took this arc. I knew we should have never put it in the temple, bro. Oh, he's gonna come back and bring us plagues. I already think I got a rat infestation. I feel something growing out of my body. I'm about to get out of here. I guess the issue like God does have some power. The Ark is gone. Is all hope lost for Israel? Does this mean the Philistine gods are more powerful? <laughs> the answer to both of these questions is certainly not. In this week's episode, we are discussing 1 Samuel chapters 5 and 6, and we see how the God of Israel, the one true God, still reigns supreme. All right, welcome back to another episode of a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, you know, if you like it, share it with a friend or family member. If everyone shares it with one person this week, we would definitely appreciate that. Just one. I know other podcasts actually share it with 10 people at once. Hmm. I would actually share it with one other person that hmm. you haven't shared it with, with before. So definitely appreciate that. Definitely like and subscribe if you're on YouTube listening on a streaming platform as your streaming platform allows you give it the highest rating oh you know what don't even give it the highest rating give it the <laughs> rating that you feel we deserve i'm gonna yeah. be overzealous and thinking we deserve a five star rating when you might think <laughs> we deserve a two but you know what i appreciate the rating nonetheless yeah on a review if you can leave reviews on whichever platform you listen on i'm pretty sure apple you can leave reviews um spotify probably could answer the question if you was question on this thing but you definitely can read on spotify but yeah, hopefully everyone had a blessed week, Odell. Again, thank you for tuning in. Um, weekly thought. Oh, that was a thought I had. So this ain't well flushed out, but here we go. So in the Bible, it says like your faith, the faith decides what mustard seed can move mountains. And when I was growing up, I was just like, oh yeah, like with faith, you could like, you know, just accomplish really big things. But like lately, I've really been seeing what that's like been meaning for me in my personal life. It's like, to me, when you have faith, it's like things you see, the things just seem impossible. You have no way in the world understanding how this can be done, when it will be done, the way it will be done, or just have faith that I know it will be done in some way, shape, or form. Like this thing will happen and know with God, and you know, when you line with God's will. Because, like, and to me, that's like, that's the mountain. Because if you, if you don't know how you're going to get around this mountain, if you, if, you know, if you don't know how you're going to get around this mountain, this mountain is in your path. But faith essentially can remove this mountain out of your path and you can get to your destination. Like lately in my life, like when this year started, right? I was going through some immigration stuff, right? So I started there. I was like, all right, cool. I need to get back to America. I guess it's testimony time. I actually saved this for the other episode that we plan on doing. But anyway, give me a <laughs> snapshot. So I didn't know how, I didn't know when or when I was actually going to go back to the States, right? I'm like, I need the embassy to like figure it, figure it, figure it, figure, figure out their stuff and the US government to figure out their stuff and I can go back. But then it's like in a matter of like literally 20 days, I like everything worked out in the process of potentially buying a home that I didn't even plan on buying. And I'm like, yo, with faith, like I just, like I knew the faith, like I had faith in when I would be able to go back to the States. And like that never really wavered for me, even though I didn't know how it was going to work out. But like in the matter of like three weeks, like everything worked out. I don't know how, but I can definitely say it's all God. So like definitely how, but it's like when you have faith, the seemingly impossible, even at the beginning of your dream, the seemingly impossible 
becomes possible as you move in faith, as you have faith, as you communicate with God, you spend that time with God and you trust God's guidance. You actually listen to his will. You actually make time to listen to God, but you actually see things moving that you couldn't script it any better. And sometimes everything don't go the way you want it to go. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, ain't like this a like a perfect journey to you, but to God, it's the perfect path that you needed to be on to grow. And it's the perfect way you needed to go to get around this mountain to help your growth, to help your connection to God grow. And so to me, like, that's what faith is all about. Like, you know, people, it's a cliche, like it's the evidence that is the evidence in the unseen and the belief in the unseen. But to me, like, this is what it's really about in like a practical method, like just trusting God to work things out for you, even though you can't see the finish line. Because to me, that's when you really need God the most. Like we've been seeing stories in the Bible with the Israelites. We've been seeing how Israelites, when they trust God, everything goes well. But Lately, we've been seeing the Israelites do things like, oh, we're just going to go run up into battle and we don't really trust God. Well, I don't say we don't trust, we don't have that connection to God to God to know how we're going to win this battle. But you want to win, but you have no faith in your own God. And then things don't go the way it's planned. But we see Israel when they say, you know what? We need to cross this river, but we don't know how we're going to get across this river. And God just say, yo, tell the people with the ark, just start walking. They walk in the water, ain't receding. Just keep on walking. The water ain't receding. They get about what knee deep or waist deep. And then suddenly the whole, the whole water's like split. That's faith. Oh, we got we need we need to conquer Jericho, this very fortified city. Yeah, I don't need y'all to take up y'all arms or nothing. Just walk around the city. But Lord, it's just a city. I mean, it's a city that we have to walk around. Like this is a fortified city. How are these walls gonna fall? Don't worry about that. Have faith. Listen to me. Walk around the city. Even though you don't know how you're going to get to your end goal, just have faith and trust in me and the walls will come down. And to me, that's again, the faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains because the mountain is the obstacle in your path. And with God, all things are possible. And even though you can't see your finish line, God knows the path you need to take to walk around your city, to walk around your mountain, to get to your finish line. So just encouraging everybody out there, no matter what you're going through, even though you can't see the finish line, just have that faith. So yeah, that was my thought. I was like, yo, Definitely have that faith. Amen, bro. I can't, <clears throat> I can't add to that, bro, because I, I, <laughs> I agree to that 100. I agree with that 100%. You know, it's, it's like, it's about, it's about submitting to God mm-hmm. and just trusting him. You know what I'm saying? Just trusting him to be a guy. And, you know, he is faithful and just to do just that. Yeah, man. The funny thing about it, I was going to say it's hard to do, but it really ain't that hard. I just think we as humans overcomplicate the process, if I'm being honest. Because submitting to God seems hard. But really and truly what's hard is let us letting go of our pride and ego. And you could be calling, you could call me out of my room. I know for me, it's like me letting go of my pride and ego is the hard part. Submitting ain't really that hard. But it's like, bro, I want to take full control of the situation. So I guess it could be hard, but you see what I'm trying to say? No, but I, I feel like it's more than even pride and ego, bro. I mean, I guess you could you could put it to pride and ego, but it's something it, like it's just flesh. Like I'll just call it flesh. You understand? Whatever, whatever that situ- whatever that reason is why we don't want God to um to to take control. Sometimes in our situation, we we may struggle with anger, we might struggle with lust, all of these things. God could take these things away, but it it requires us to submit to Him. But there's certain things that we have a connection to that we actually don't want to lose, you know. And that might be the power of control. We don't want to lose control. So, so your pride and 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 ego situation there, I could I could fully just rely on God 
but it'll kill me to just to not be so hands-on, right? To not be so detailed and to not control things. And then at the same time, it'll actually take away from some of the glory that or the satisfaction that I would get knowing that I completed this thing. You understand what I'm saying? Well, you know, it, it was not, like if if you're trying to work hard to get money to pay the rent or something like that, and you know, for some other reason, like let's say you get rent relief or or whatever it is, it might take away from your satisfaction and knowing I do this, bro, I accomplished this goal, etc. And it's, I feel like it's a lot of challenges that are all flesh related, which prohibits mm-hmm. us from, from actually fully submitting to God. Because at the end of the day, bro, it's like walking blindfolded, right? Like, I can, my eyes work fine, bro. I can do this all by myself, right? But if someone say, but if I blindfold you and walk you through here, bro, you got have a better experience or you would have a better journey. It's like, mm, who want to do that, bro? I, I rather not. You understand what I'm saying? I rather do it by myself. I rather look, et cetera. But... I feel like the deeper a, a deeper point in knowing is that even the things that we do are all by the grace of God that we do these things. Because if God wanted to be an obstacle to us, He could be an obstacle to us. You know, you know what I'm saying. And so at the end of the day, it's still all God. You know, but do you want to do you want to do you want to submit to God to be going His path? You or do you want to put things in in your own hand and and kind of risk things not going as beautifully as as they could be? You know. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing about it, I feel like in the last year and a half, God's put me in positions where I literally couldn't do anything but trust and have faith in him. And to me, I think it was a powerful lesson for me personally, because it's like, yeah, I've been through college, had some little hiccups, but at the same time, I still made it through. So it's still like, you know, that's still personal gratification. But certain things when God placed me in a position where you only could trust him because you literally can't do anything else. I think it's powerful because I think like. Honestly, everyone needs to go through that type of experience. But I feel like sometimes God places us in positions to know, or just to remind us that we need him. I, like, I don't want to come mm-hmm. across where like God costs us some fortune. No, I think, bro, like, no, bro, no, truth, bro. My thing is, bro, you got to look at, you got to look at, like in the world of sports or like just in, in the world of life, like some people get philosophical and say, hey, I never lose. Either I win or I gain a lesson from, from this world which would, would have literally in the literal sense, it would have been a loss, but we learned a lesson from it. So to me, that's still a win, right? If God is taking something away from you or he is putting you in a, in a predicament to build your faith, you understand what I'm saying? That's still not a loss at the end of the day, because I trust that God is righteous. I trust that God is good. And this wisdom is far surpassed into mine. Like it's not even close. So if I walk into the valley of the shadow of death and I could see constructively how this is helping my spiritual journey, I have to submit and say, God, I thank you for this. Like, I feel like that's the, that's the kind of mindset we should have. You know, I, t- I tell the story many times. I tell it in a while, but I talk, I talk about when I was just going through it. This was taken away. Everything was just going about. And I was complaining straight through. But this is but if it's, 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 it's worse things that's happened to me in life, bro. You understand what I'm saying? And it was like, because I went through this little petty stuff when I was whining and I realized that I was whining, it helped me to, to have a more thankful mindset to prepare me for even more stuff to go through. And I heard somebody say, bro, like, it's like, if God want to give you great things, right? Mm-hmm. But you struggling and whining when the when the little inconveniences come, how could, how could God trust you 
you know, to be a leader like Moses and everything going, you got to deal with millions of people. And like the, the, the type of stuff, even, even some of the things that we ask God for, to be the CEO, to be all of this and that and the third. But you can't handle all of the downside that come with this, bro. When I, when, mm. I, when I put this little inconvenience and you feel like, oh man, it's so crazy. God, why you got to put me through this to teach me? Bro, it's like certain things that is, that is that is mold you, bro. Like certain things that is beat you and mold you into into the right mindset and into the faithful mindset, you know, to fully trust in God. So I, I I wouldn't say that's a bad thing. I just feel like it's just how you look at it. A bad thing could happen. Yes, we look at Job. We look mm-hmm. at we look at Joseph. But bad things literally happen to these people, bro. You understand what I'm saying? But what was the box. purpose? And what and what did you get out of it, bro? And and, and you know what could you learn um, from the journey that God put you through? You know. That is an absolute fact. So, what all me and Kazi trying to say? Have faith, guys. Have faith. Like, <laughs> have faith. Like, I mean, you want, because I feel like a lot of people preach the prosperity gospel. And trust me, we're going to get that episode in a bit, guys. So, hey, this is you tuning in for. You guys should be used to this. That's what I yep. apologize for. Y'all know what's coming. Um, but, <laughs> but I feel like a lot of people preach this prosperity gospel. They don't, they don't really talk about the trials and tribulations you're going to have in this Christian war. And they're going to be trials and tribulation because how I look at it is if the devil already got the world, why he got to worry about that? Mm. They on autopilot. Exactly. And, and, and so now it's like, okay, cool. So now think about it. If you think everything's going to be hunky-dory, Jesus himself didn't have a hunky-dory when he was here in his human form. Not on. So what about you? And he literally say that, like, if they hate you, just remember they hate me first. You know, it's like it's text in the New Testament because a lot of a lot of people who subscribe to um, prosperity gospel, their thing is New Testament, New Testament, New Testament. They ain't even looking at the Old Testament, you know, but there are uh, there are enough sufficient evidence or writings in the New Testament that that allude to hardship, persecution, all because of the name of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, and, th- and this is blatant. Like, you can't even misinterpret what these things talking about, you know. Yeah, so my thing is like when you when you when you bump up into these challenges, just know that God has your back. Like He is your strength and your refuge. I mean, this comes from the Old Testament and Isaiah, but specifically, but God ain't gonna ever leave you. And you have faith that He'll bring you through your challenge. Yeah, Pastor say, uh-huh. Say, God will never give you nothing more than you can nothing more than you can bear. Mm-hmm. And then he laughed and he said, Who tell you all that? Where y'all find that from? <laughs> if you could bear it, what's the point of God? You understand what I said? Mm. Like, and I just oh, like that's, that's a good point though. I, I, just, I just like what, <laughs> bro? I was just like, bro, that's crazy. Good point. That's a good point. But, and to me, go finish your point. Finish no, no, God, 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 bro, God, God. No, because to me, like that's, what, that's like to me, that's where that's where God and faith comes in. Because to me, like what I was saying, like, he put me in a position where the only thing I could do was trust and have faith in him. Because you know why? It was a it was beyond my capability. And that is where God comes in. It is beyond our capabilities. So we have to relinquish it to him. Because think about it. If I could bear it, trust me, Earl Clinton Roberts II, but I could bear it. Mm-hmm. And I could, I, could, I could go through it brute force and I could get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I, could, I, I could get it done. But to me, it's humbling when you, when you buck up into situations where I wouldn't say you're hopeless, but you know there's nothing I can do to make the situation better. And I need yeah. God. And to me, that's where it's humbling because now you, you realize you've reached a situation where it's beyond your human control. And that's where it's most powerful when you, to your point, you have to submit to a higher power. And I say in God, people just use this higher power thing, submit to the universe. And I ain't even going around that rabbit hole right now. Mm-hmm. But 
to me, that's really humbling when you're saying this, like a simple prayer, Lord, this is more than I can bear. I need you. And, and I, I like how you bring up that point because honestly, I never even think about that. What's the point of God? And it's, it's so true because if you could bear it, you could bear it. Human nature is, well, we could bear it, we could bear it. Even though the Bible tells chaos, all I care is not anxiety is upon him. That's in First Peter 5 something. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I think it's fine. But definitely like, that's powerful. That's powerful. And so now we see some people who literally had more than they could bear. Oh, perfect. Oh, I, like, just, I love, I, I just, love just, transition. Just the segue. Just the segue. I love that so, transition. <laughs> the, the Israelites, right? So <clears throat> on the last episode, it was a, a lot we went through. Um, we went through 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 4. I mean, chapter 3 and chapter 4. Mm-hmm. We started off with hearing the, the young Samuel receive a, a, a vision or a prophecy from God. And the prophecy was basically confirming something that a, another prophet had said about the house of Eli, meaning that their lineage will be cursed, you know. And the prophet did say, um, oh, well, God told Samuel, <clears throat> you will know what I'm saying is true when you um, when you see what happened to Hophni and Phineas. They are both going to die the same day. And that definitely happened. They died at war. Um, Eli, hearing the news, he passed away as well. Um, I, one of the sons, I can't remember whose sons, which son, but his wife, she was pregnant when she heard the news, she went into labor pain. She passed away as well, you know, and they all, this, this domino effect started when the Israelites went to war with the Philistines. So we covered all this in chapter, um, in the last episode. So check that out if you, you haven't heard it yet, but basically they went into war with the Philistines. The Philistines won the war, you know. It wasn't, it wasn't a lot of damage that was done, but the Israelites, they wanted a rematch. <laughs> we're going to run that back. So they realized that they were outmatched with the Philistine, but they felt like they had a secret weapon. What was that secret weapon? The Ark of the Covenant. They're like, huh, we're going to get the Ark of the Covenant from Shiloh. Hophni and Phinehas, sons of Eli, carried it, and they went to war. The Philistines were shooken up at first because they were like, oh, we hadn't... He- there must be a God, there must be gods with you all, with the Israelites right now. And they attribute it to the gods that were there um, when Israel had left Egypt some hundred, hundreds of years prior. That they heard about, yep. That they heard about. However, that was not the case. God definitely wasn't with them. And, and we know that because the Israelites definitely lost. More people were killed <laughs> this time. And the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant to take back with them as a trophy. And so without a shadow of a doubt, the Israelites had more than they could bear with fighting the Philistines, most definitely. You know what we should almost start doing? Before, like right off, right, right after my intro piece, Last week, got a breath of fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> Put some dramatic music in the back, yeah. like, like, the, <laughs> before, like the soap operas. <laughs> like before this can even start. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, <clears throat> so we start with 1 Samuel 5, chapter 1. Mm-hmm. After, after the Philistines had captured the Ark of God, they took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. They, th- then they carried the Ark into Dagon's temple, and set it beside Dagon. So you can see, they respect this thing, you know, so they put it in the temple of, of their, their sacred God because the Philistines, they worship the half-human, half-fish, Dagon. Exactly. And then and so to they, me, we're so, I wouldn't say disrespectful, but this is this, this how the Israelites have really mischaracterized God. They treated the Ark of the Covenant like another idol. 
and thus they made it their God. Hmm. Not the God who was like, you know, came down and dwelled in the holies of holies. They made the actual Ark of the Covenant their God. And so now we see they treat like the next idol. So what did the Philistines do? Hmm. Yeah, we just captured one of your gods. So what are we going to do? We're going to put it in our God's temple. And to and me, that just shows how the Israelites already diminished the character of God in the eyes of the, uh, of the nations around them. Yeah, they, they treated like like this our little museum where we capturing gods. They they might have been saying, bro, all right, we got two gods now. You understand yeah. what they're saying? We got our our God, who is probably supreme in their eyes, and then we got another one. We could just put you all together. You know, they might have been saying, we about to start collecting these gods. Everyone we be, we might take their God because the Israelites made it seem like their God was an item and it could all could fit in this item. And so now they treated it as such. And that was the point I was making last week, bro. That's why. Mm-hmm. So it's the, um, the uh, I think it's the third commandment. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Mm-hmm. Bro, it's like you saying that you are a follower of God. You follow the most high God, the most high God. But you treat that most high God as if it was a regular God, like the most low gods that everybody is be worshiping every day. You treat it like it's not a most high God. And as a result, it rubs off on other people. What distinguishes you? You know, you misrepresent God and you dilute his ministry and his name by doing that. And that was the Israelites all over this story. You know, I'm over half of the Bible. For sure. (laughs) Um, Verse three, when the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, there was Dagon falling on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. They took Dagon and put him back in his place. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is a mess up, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it just happened. It was a little windy last night. Yeah. You know what I mean? No window was in here, but it was still a little windy. Maybe an earthquake or something. Who knows? Exactly. So, verse <laughs> so, four. But the following morning, when they rose, there was Dagon falling on his face, fall, falling on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. His head and his, and his hands had been broken off and were lying on the threshold only his body part remained. Wow. That is why to this day, neither the priests of Dagon nor any other or others who entered Dagon's temple at Ashdod step on the threshold. So, Er, mm-hmm. the first time we could have said this did not happen, right? This is a little mess up, man. Little mess up, but explain to me how you could put a statue somewhere, right? And from the waist up, gets broken off and on the ground but from the waist down, still in place where you left it. Mm. To me, that is crazy, bro. <laughs> that is crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and to me, it just shows the, like, again, I mean, we're going to see even more about this, right? But we see, like, God can glorify himself. You know I, think I, mis- I think I misinterpreted that. So it, it, had, it all had fallen on the ground, mm-hmm. and then only the top half was, was just broken off. And again, that and the arms, and everything was, was 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 broken off of the idol too. Yeah. I, I think it's a stone sculpture at this point, right? But to me, it's like you can see that God glorified himself. So now the children of Israel. Let me point it out last episode. Definitely go back and, and and um listen to the last episode. But instead of praying to God, asking God for forgiveness, asking God to be on their side, they just took this ark of the covenant, the high priest went along with it, and the high priest children, they just went and say, Yeah, we're doing this, right? <laughs> But they brought shame, they, they brought shame and dishonor to God. So God's own holy children, his his chosen people, didn't glorify him. So God's like, well, can't use y'all. Nope. So guess what? 
I don't need y'all at the end of the day. Because guess what? My roster against these Philistines. All right, y'all, y'all, y'all have y'all, y'all have the sheer gall <laughs> to put the Ark of the Covenant in the temple of y'all God. Yeah, okay. that's crazy. Start to fall down at night. Oh, y'all put it back up. Oh, y'all think everything cool? All right, let's break this bad boy. And now we can see what else start happening to them. Is this see this 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 only this only a tip of the iceberg? But to me, it's just showing that God could still glorify Himself and bring honor and glory to Himself and per, and defend His own holy name. But you see how God don't play around with with these false gods when you when you literally put Him versus the false god, and He just is make it very clear, bro. Like, <laughs> like easy, like even in Egypt with the staff, you understand what I'm saying? The Witheran, we're like all of the all of the plagues. When when the wise men of Egypt tried to replicate it, it was a clear distinction between mm-hmm. the two. This right now in Philistine, and it's just so funny because it's it's a it's a direct Egypt to Philistine comparison right now. You understand? But and as we get as we get through further, you will see the direct correlation. But this is another time in Israelite history mm-hmm. where the rulers of the Israelites, or I'm, I don't know if they was essentially rulers, but they had just defeated them in war. I I, I I would assume they have some dominion over over Israel right now. They they put their gods, the rulers of Israel, quote unquote, put their gods to test against the Most High God, mm-hmm. and it is clear, it is clear to defeat. Right now, y'all, they, it's to the point where they saying, bro, we don't even step on this threshold no more because our God was broken there. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? We referencing the threshold. But you don't think it's funny that you referencing the threshold, but not the God that caused your God to be on the threshold. Mm-hmm. I don't get it, bro. So first, even more like, but like not going to cut you off, right? But to me, it's even more impactful is how the Philistines understand this more, even though they're missing the mark, they still understand this more than the Israelites who still ain't even getting it. Mm. Now that's that's powerful. The um the Lord's hand was heavy, verse six. The Lord's hand was heavy on the people of Ashdod and its vicinity. He brought devastation on them and afflicted them with tumors. When the people of Ashdod saw what was happening, they said, The ark of the God of Israel must not stay here with us because his hand is heavy upon us and on Dagon, our God. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and asked them, what shall we do with the ark of God of Israel? They answered, have the ark of God of Israel moved to Gath. (laughs) So they moved the ark of God, uh, the ark of the God of Israel But after they had moved it, the Lord's hand was against that city, throwing it into a great panic. He afflicted the people of the city, both young and old, with an outbreak of tumors. So they sent the ark of God to Ekron. So they they just playing hot potato Mm -hmm. with the ark Ark of God right now. (laughs) You understand what I said? So um, with the first one, um, so with the first one, he keep breaking, he keep breaking, the um God God keep dropping they gone the second time it was broken and then he inflicted tumors so they say hey let's get this let's get this ark away from you we can send this to another city in exactly. Philistine called Gath exactly <laughs> that's where like the is from, from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so boy the city was in a great panic young and old nobody safe tumors again tumors and tumors and more tumors right some so then people, people say like that was because like depends on the version you read some people say mm-hmm. like, tumors and mice. And so some people hint like this might have been like the first signs of the black peg back in the day. 
that these people is getting mm. afflicted with. I can't confirm or deny that. I just, you know, just add an extra commentary, extra, extra historical context that I probably should have verified, but you know, you can do your own research. But I know some Bibles actually have like unmiced. Remember when I was reading it earlier, like someone say, like someone say like Thomas unmiced did like plague them. Yeah. So it, all right. So even if your, your version of the Bible don't say mice, it is implied um, based on the next chapter that we're about to read. It's implied that mice was also involved because mm-hmm. of the way they reacted. <laughs> So uh, verse 10, so they sent the ark of God to Akron. As the ark of God was entering Akron, the people of Akron cried out, they have brought the ark of the, of the God of Israel around to us to kill us and our people. <laughs> you think we don't want these problems, guys. Oh. <laughs> Why are you trying to curse us? That's like a diss, bro. That's like a that's like an ark of war. You put this ark of the covenant in yeah. our city because that means you want us to die. Like at the end of the day, like what what make you think we can fare any better? Like this than the second city, and y'all don't want nobody. I guess I I on they said bro, just send it back to them. Right, put it in the <laughs> desert, put it somewhere, bro. Why y'all putting it here, bro? Y'all could have put it anywhere in the world, but hell. <laughs> uh, you know what's so funny too? Mm. Let me show you like how powerful God is. Because I mean, this this is something that ain't like mentioned. Why not destroy it? Mm. See, me, mm. I would have been like, bro, I, I destroying this. Mm. But you should have that wasn't even the thought of this. See, but it, it's clear that the, the, they were saying that the hand of God is on our people and on Dagon, right? Mm-hmm. Why Dagon don't fight, bro? <laughs> That's the next thing. <laughs> Why Dagon don't, Dagon don't swing back? What you mean on Dagon? But let Dagon fight for himself, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, but like, like to me, it, like the evidence too clear. So we think about Rahab, right? Rahab, they had the gods in Jericho. This is the same canon line we in right now, right? They mm-hmm. had other gods. Right. But they tremble and fail because the God who come from Egypt was go, was was going to be attacking their city. So Rahab say, but dog, I ain't fighting for no I ain't standing tall for no God who can't defeat this God. bro. This the mightier God. I am going to have faith and I am going to work with the mightier God. Mm-hmm. Everyone else in Jericho and in the Philistine land during this time specifically could have figured that out. Because y'all inflicted with tumors. My thing is, bro, I mean, this ain't a biblical concept, but if you can't beat them, join them. Mm-hmm. So y'all, y'all so claim y'all could beat Israel, right? And y'all did beat them. But now y'all have to answer to the God who's bring about plagues. Y'all already say this must have been the God from Egypt who um brought about all of the plagues at first. You know, this was in um first Samuel chapter four. Now mm-hmm. in chapter five, y'all experiencing plagues. Y'all experiencing plagues now. You understand? But what y'all gonna do? Y'all ain't gonna acknowledge God. Y'all making everything but God sacred. <coughs> threshing, the threshold, everything sacred. Mm-hmm. And y'all playing hot potato with this thing. Y'all, could, uh, y'all, y'all are aware of the power of this God. Y'all are aware that this God is more powerful than y'all God. You know? And, and the point I, I point this out is because, again, people might read the Old Testament and say, oh, God just was killing people and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But you got to understand, these are people who century after century after century was um was hardening their heart. But if you read Genesis chapter 15, God was talking about giving the Israelites the line of Canaan, um, delivering uh, away the Hittites, the Amorites, all of these. He was talking yeah, about that like- from, Ab- from Abraham time. He was talking about that. But he was saying the um the sins of the Amorites is not has not reached its, reached its completion. God gave them 400 years to get it together. Plus. But God, 400 plus years to get it together. But the, the, pro- the problem is they're never going to get it together. 
They are but some people who just not going to get it together. Some people who are going to con- continue to have iniquity, con- continue to blaspheme against God. And their faith is seen in the Old Testament. And so like even God in his righteousness, bro, he don't allow people to continue to compound iniquity, 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 just to be snares to the Israelites. The problem was the Israelites wanted them as snares. The Israelites is the ones who keep them around. You understand? And so now, hundreds of years later, we see what, what it comes to the point where these same people who y'all wasn't trying to run away, they they killing y'all, right? And they capturing y'all ark of the covenant. But God cannot be mocked. And so therefore, God bring about affliction to all of y'all people. But, it, but it's simple, bro. If everybody, I know, my bad, I ain't trying to trivialize this, but if everybody would, if everybody in this story would just acknowledge God you know, acknowledge God as being a sovereign God that is not limited to inanimate objects. This whole this whole thing could have been avoided. You know, so the reverence y'all get, the reverence everybody gave to the Ark of the Covenant. Exactly. If they had given, if they had given this to God, we we could have been in a whole different scenario. I ain't saying God would have been not upset with the Israelites because the Israelites were sinning greatly during this time, as you can see, you know, but this whole, this, this whole situation, especially with the, um, with the plagues, the Philistines could have avoided that. This is the first time I hear about Philistines even getting plagues, but this is the <laughs> first time Philistines defeat the Israelites. Mm-hmm. You understand what I said? Like, so yeah, if y'all, if y'all would just treat God with reverence, y'all, y'all would, y'all would have avoided this completely, especially the Philistines. Yep. I mean, like, just like you say, if they, if the Philistines had just reverenced the ark, and reverence the Lord of Israel. Think about it, the ark would have benefit them, bro. Like mm. <laughs> it would be yeah. like how like 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 how almost like Egypt was getting blessed when Joseph was there. It almost could have been like where the Philistines might have been getting blessed from the ark when instead start cursing them. Yeah, and man, but at the end of the day, bro, like like you say, God can defend himself. Mm-hmm. God can defend himself. All right. Um, so, so I think we were in verse 11. Yeah. Yeah. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and said, send the ark of the God of Israel away. Let it go back to its own place or it will kill us and our people. For death had filled the city with panic. God's hand was very heavy on it. Those who did not die were afflicted with tumors and the outcry of the city went up to heaven. All right, so now chapter six. When the ark of the Lord had been in, in Philistine territory seven months, the Philistines called for the priests and diviners and said, what shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us how we should send it back to its place. They, they answered, kept it there longer than I, than I anticipated they was going to keep it there. Don't I but that, no, that's wild. That is wild. They keep it there longer because I'm like, after the first month, I'd have been like, okay, guys, this, this ain't making no sense, guys. Let's, let's, let's figure out a strategy to get rid of this ark. <laughs> For real, bro. Like, especially after the first city chose on the other city, it should have mm-hmm. been like, yeah, no, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. You know what tumors is, bro? <laughs> Come on, though. Exactly. <laughs> Tell us how, how we should send it back to its place. And so now one thing I, I pondered while reading this, I was like, they talking to priests. And they say diviners. We know um, diviners or diviners. We know they wasn't Israelites, or they should not be Israelites, because in, mm-hmm. in in Deuteronomy, God speak against that, right? Mm-hmm. But priests. I was wondering. I was like, did they reach out to Israelite priests, or like, was it was this their priests? And so, 
The Bible don't say who priest it is, but we know that it's Philistine priests just based on the way they did an offering. You know, mm -hmm. in, in Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and in the Torah, they speak about the types of offerings that we do, you know, grain offerings, we have, um, first fruits, you know, we have sacrifices, the whole nine. But the way they react to it is completely different. And we had not seen anything like this in, in any type of, we had not seen an offering like this before, you know. So that leads me to affirm that they definitely were Philistine priests. Just, mm -hmm. just wanted to point that out. So... Verse three, they answered, if you return the ark of the God of Israel, do not send it back to him without a gift. By all means, send a guilt offering to him. Then you will be healed and you will know why his hand has not been lifted. And, and you will know why his hand had not been lifted from you. The Philistines asked, what guilt offering should be sent to him? They replied, five gold tumors and five gold rats, according to the number of the Philistine rulers, because the same plague has struck both you and your rulers. And so that goes to your point earlier when you were saying that some mm -hmm. um, translations say tumors and rats. So, uh, so they got tumors, you know, like the neuro, the neurological disease, the tumor, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's a neuro disease. I don't know. Anyway. Tumors just like a mass that grows. Like when people say they have a mass, it's just like a tumor. Like tumors could be benign or cancerous, but we ain't here for right. medical so, science. <laughs> yeah, right, because I'm not, bro, I'm not medical by any means. You understand what I'm saying? But that disease, the tumors, so now what they're saying is, we had tumors, so we're going to give an offering of gold tumors to God. Kind of odd, but yeah. <laughs> kind of odd. And so by that definite, so by that um, um, practice, we can assume that regardless of what um, translation we read in, mm -hmm. the fact that they had gold rats as well, and this was, these rats was a problem. Yes, because these rats was also a problem. And going right, back cool. to your going back to your priest point too, just to point out, like there were priests, but these other nations, because remember they also were doing their own child sacrifices, they had their own temples, mm. so they had their own religious sacrifices and stuff. So it's like some of these concepts ain't like unique, because like yeah, so like they 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 they, they know okay, we offended the God, we have to appease our God somehow. Yep. So now we offended the Israelite God, we need to appease again. They treat the Israelite God. They treat, they're treating the most high God like their regular gods. We need to appease this God somehow. So hmm. they kind of knew the framework of appeasing a God, but they this just do just, it their way. Exactly. This wasn't just any old God they appeased. This is like the one true most high God. <laughs> so verse five, make models of the tumors and of the rats that are destroying the country. So that's confirmation right there. Um, and give glory to Israel's God. And give glory to Israel's God. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Perhaps he will lift his hand from you and your gods and your land. So his hand was on the people and their gods, not to be mistaken. And that's something that we saw in Egypt. You remember Bang. our episode on the plagues? Mm -hmm. The plagues wasn't just or just random plagues they was getting, right? The plagues was also direct attacks or anyway, I'll just say attacks on the Egyptian gods. Check so they the were fresh air fox that Kazi did. Oh, Fox. <laughs> Fresh Air Fox at that. So exactly. Then for, I'll just give you one example. The Nile River, seen as a deity in Egypt. In ancient Egypt, I don't know what they do today, but in ancient Egypt, seen as a deity. What God do? Turn it to blood. Y'all ain't getting nothing. But everything y'all thought was in this Nile River, bro, y'all ain't getting nothing out of that. Only that, only blood from it. You understand what I'm saying? And so the same way our God break Dagon or keep falling Dagon, he's a snare to, he's a snare to their gods and he's a snare or trouble to the people. 
Exactly. And, and that's, speaking that's just of Egyptians, verse 6, just talk about them right now. Right then and there. Why do you harden your hearts as... Why do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh did? When Israel's God dealt harshly with them, did they not send the Israelites out so, so they could go on their way? Straight like that. And to me, we're so powerful now, right? Like, I don't want people to take this for granted. Story happened hundreds of years ago at this point. Mm. But this is still the talk of the town. This ain't, and this ain't the Israelites telling them this. This just history. This is historical fact. <laughs> historical fact in these ancient times was the Israelite God reigned supreme over all our gods. The, Isra- the Egyptians could not deal with them. The Egyptians had to let them go. This was a well-documented historical fact in that region. And I think it's interesting that it come from the priests because the priests who, is the, who are the leaders of the religion is telling you all to give glory to the Israelite God. Hmm. They are also telling you, don't harden your hearts because you're going to be in a worse situation than Egypt or, or you're going to end up like Egypt where worse things going to keep happening to you until you finally just submit and, mm-hmm. and give it up. This is the priest talking to you. I think, but if my priest, but if my priest <laughs> show me, bro, like, but you know, but you know, you know, crazy that is, your priest telling you with all authority, with all authority and comfort, that, bro, dog, you all have to kiss up to this next God, bro. Because this next God is a bigger boss than who he is, who he is, sir. You understand what I'm saying? To me, I'd be like, so why serving this chibroni? Like, I want to serve the big boss. If he could control nature, bro. I don't want to control no little playful boss who, if, if the big boss get mad, throwing you all around and things like that. I don't want to do that. Everyone had the opportunity. To, I can say everyone, but people who have the opportunity to, to, to put one and one together and equal two. The priests are doing it. The leaders have to do it. The people also should have to do it. And the example I use, again, is Rahab. Rahab mm-hmm. was a regular. Rahab, by profession, was a lady of the night. Reg, she wasn't no political figure. She wasn't no, no soldier, no nothing. This just a common person who understand the um, who understand the history of the Most High God, and she also attested that the whole city was trembling in fear. So, bro, mm-hmm. like this, this ain't this ain't a secret. Everybody knows what's going on, bro. But right now, their main objective is let's get rid of these plagues. You feel me? Their main objective ain't really soul salvation or. Or being on 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 the quote unquote winning side, or, or worshiping a god who controls everything, you know, they just want to say they just saying not. Nah, let's just get healthy again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so verse seven. Mm-hmm. Now then, get a new cart ready with two cows that have that have been calved and have never been yoked. Hitch the cows to the cart, but take their calves away and pen them down. Take the ark of the Lord and put it on the cart and in the chest beside it, put and in the chest beside it, put the gold objects you are sending back to him as a guilt offering. Send it on its way, but keep watching it. If it goes up to its own territory toward Beth Shemesh, then the Lord has brought this great disaster on us. But if it does not, then we will know that it, it was not his hand that struck us, but that it happened to us by chance. So they did this. They took two such cows and hitched them to the to cart and penned up their calves. They placed the, the ark of the Lord on the cart and along with it, the chest containing the gold rats 
and the models of the tumors. Then the cars went straight up toward Beth Shemesh, keeping on the road and lowing all the way. They, they did not turn to the right or to the left. The rulers of the Philistines followed them as far as the borders of Beth Shemesh. Now that's powerful. I just was wondering how the priests know what to do. But there's so much, but there's so much things in there that a lot of people would miss if you just don't know, like if you forget some stuff in the Bible. Sorry, I I won't cut you no, off. No, go on, go on. No, go on, go on. So my thing is so the first thing is like when you say they said, um, take take two cows that have never been yoked, two, two milk cows. And you say take the cows from them. The reason why, first of all, this is already kind of powerful. The calf, the mother's material instinct would to be to go back to their calves. For sure. That's the first thing. And then what else it was? Um, it, there was never yoke. So these, these two cows ain't even used to walking together in no type of way. Exactly. And so that coordination would have been off and they ain't used to doing this type of work. And then the next thing too is like the Ark of the Covenant was never, ever, ever intended to be put on a cart. If you go back mm. in Numbers, it was Numbers or Deuteronomy? If you get right now, so forgive me. But anyway, I think it's Numbers. But anyway, but if you, if, you, if you remember the design of the Ark of the Covenant, right? It had two, it had, it, it had two holes where the pole was supposed to go to. Because remember, each time we have a Ark of the Covenant being moved, the priest and the Levites were supposed to carry it with the poles and they used to walk with it. Yep. It was never, ever intended to be on a cart. So it was like so much things. I wouldn't say like could have gone wrong, but these Philistines was doing, but they were saying, but guess what? The, the reason why I point all this out, they were saying, if this Ark of the Covenant make it back to Israel, because remember, no one was guiding these carts, no one was guiding these horses, you know, these, these cows, you know. Mm-hmm. If this make it back to Israel, if- definitely they God send it back to them, because there's no way, there's no way this, this thing is supposed to make it back to them. If it defy all the odds, we know mm-hmm. for sure it was something supernatural. You can't say this is a coincidence. Like if you to put two of the best ox together who just know how to walk together solid, you would say, man, we just put them in that direction and they just keep walking anyway. You understand what I'm saying? But no, these two, these two cows who never even do this type of work or who never did this together and they have a reason to go back to, to the to, to, to return back to um, the mm-hmm. city that they were coming from because they their child. So but it's so funny because there ain't nothing in the Bible is is beat like a happenstance. But like you see how they document all of this right now. All of this is essential to to the story. You could easily read this and say, "All right, they do a lot just to send these cows." But you know one, I mean? one more thing I want to point out too is this: the fine example. I'm gonna be careful. I said this: is the fine example of God winking at the ignorance mm. because with them putting the ark on the cart, where they do touch it. Yep. But if any Israelite to touch that ark, they would have dropped down dead. Sure. Which you can see in future stories. Mm-hmm. And but, that's what I was thinking too. That's why I was saying... That's why I was saying that's powerful too because like at the end of the day, they don't know no better, right? But they could have lift this thing and put it on a cart. Mm-hmm. And that's not what they're saying. And I was just like, bro, boy, the, the, it's so much things that had to go on, right? For the ark to come back and you know this was God's Intended plan to return the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel. Mm-hmm. Because it's like they literally did not know they were not supposed to touch this thing. So in their ignorance, they were spared because it was a part of God's plan. But we know when an Israelite tried to stop the Ark from falling off mm. a cart, just mm. reach out to stabilize it. Mm. <laughs> and that was another. He that dropped was another, down dead trying to protect a- it. 
<laughs> that was another time they were trying to transport the ark. Exactly from doing foolishness. Yeah. <laughs> and he died, and and, and that, that make everybody sad. That don't even make me sad. Like, man. You I mean, truthfully, these stories, but I know that's that's my problem, bro. I just get sad for everything. I just get sad. <laughs> just get so attached, but I just get sad for everything, bro. Oh, I just had a sick. friend tell me that day. He's like, you don't. He's like, you don't get emotionally attached to like things like this. I'm like, you make me sound heartless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. I I I'm an empath, bro. That's what that's what Yana is calling me an empath, bro. That's that's how I, that's how my whole that's how my whole nuclear family is, bro. Like, but um, yeah, bro. The Ark of the Covenant is back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they followed them all the way to the borders of Bethshemesh. It's in verse twelve. Mm-hmm. So now, verse thirteen. Now the people of Bethshemesh were harvesting their wheat in the valley, and when they looked up and saw the Ark, they rejoiced at the sight. The cart came to the field of Joshua of Bethshemesh, and there it stopped beside a large rock. The people chopped up the wood of the cart and sacrificed the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. The Levites took down the Ark of the Lord together with the chest um, containing the gold objects and placed them on the large rock. On that day, the people of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices to the Lord. The five rulers of the Philistines saw all this and then returned that same day to Akron. <coughs> so they just was there watching, bro. Like To me, that would have been a sight to see because I would have been amazed. Because you go, bro, this was, I imagine this was in across the street journey that y'all just going on, right? And so you see, well, wow, well, look at that. The cow's going all the way to the city that we say, if this happened, then, mm-hmm. you know, we know that was by God. And so we watch how the people, how the people react to it. They see it. They call the Levites, as you just mentioned, if any regular person touch it, they would have died, Right. Um, they call the Levites to come and, and, and remove the ark and then they sacrifice unto the Lord because, you know, that's, that's what is instructed. You know, mm-hmm. they, they did, they did multiple offerings and the, the Philistines were probably looking at this and all, oh, they watched the whole thing. To me, this wasn't a couple of minutes. This was probably take hours for this time. I read it was, I read it should have been about like 10 to 15 miles. Mm. Okay. But that's on foot. That's long, bro. <laughs> yeah. I know all on that stick. Like, I know if you could do that in a day. I mean, you could. I mean, you could like if you if you would but want to journey, do that. Because I mean, like yeah. going back to our points too is like this is something that shouldn't have been happening. Yeah. So I mean, it might take you like a couple hours to go through this. I mean, people just run a mile in like six minutes, but that's you know today's athletes. And yeah, then, but you're going. Yeah, and if you're going on a long, um, a long journey, like you could run. You see, they say like you can exhaust your whole thing mm-hmm. going. Like, yeah. But to me, what's impressive about this something that shouldn't happen, but these cows stayed on path. For 10 miles, knowing where to go. Hmm. Just being guided by the spirit, guided by God. And they, they only stopped when it was in the Israelite territory. And not even, and they stopped where they needed to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Verse 17. These are the gold tumors the Philistines sent as a guilt offering to the Lord. One each for Ashdod, Gaza, Ashkelon, Gath, and Akron. And the number of the gold rats was according to the number of Philistine towns belonging to the five rulers. The fortified towns with their country village. The large rock on which the Levites set the ark of the, of the Lord is a witness to this day in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh. But God struck down some of the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh, putting 70 of them to death because they looked into the ark of the Lord. The people mourned because of the heavy blow the Lord had dealt them. 
and the people of Beth Shemesh asked, who can stand in the presence of the Lord, this holy God, to whom would the ark go up from here? Then they sent messengers to the people of Kiriath-Jerim, saying, the Philistines have returned the ark of the Lord. Come down and take it up to your town. Very interesting to me because now the Israelites are acting like the Philistines. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the part I was making earlier, bro. Like, if we reverence the Ark of the Covenant as just being an Ark of the Covenant to reverence, and then we reverence God as being God, the two should not be treated the same. So you see this, miraculously, this thing was returned to y'all. You know, I was touching it. You know, it just come back. So you marvel at it. The Levites came and y'all did the correct thing. That was probably day one, right? But later on, y'all looking at, oh, this holy thing, this holy thing, this holy thing. And you all end up taking things too far. You all get to the point like, I want to see what inside this. Mm-hmm. 70 of y'all, bro. <laughs> 70 of y'all was curious enough to get yourself killed by being irreverent towards God. You know why? Because y'all ain't treating this thing like it's a... Y'all looking at this as every other idol, but now y'all want to know, I wonder what make this idol different. You understand exactly. what I say? I wonder what make this inanimate object different like what is in this to have the power but you completely ignoring that this thing don't have no power it's God who have the power you understand what I'm saying but God give you all this because he wanted to reside among y'all in some type of way he wanted to give you all a typified object that resembles heaven you understand what I'm saying but uh-huh like one thing like just to go to that same point he wants to give you something that represents heaven because to me like that last the last sentence of verse 20 just 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 strike me who can stand in the presence of this holy God to whom will the ark go from him you don't find it funny how the ark became a burden to them? Like, they was just so happy to see it about, like, five verses ago, but now it's a burden to them. Mm. And to me, I'm like, I'm wondering, like, like I'm reflecting on times where being a Christian seems like a burden. And I know that's, like, a weird way to take it, but I'm like, this God, like, the presence of God is back in your presence, but now you... You almost want to get rid of it now because you're like, my goodness, my life was good a minute ago, but now seven of my friends just died and I ain't even into this. Like, yo, you need to get this out of my presence when you should be glorifying and happy you in the situation now. Like, and to me, it's, it's all about spiritual growth because like going back to your point too, they was looking in the ark. If y'all know y'all history, y'all should know already what, what, what in there. So why, why you have to go to your way to treat this like some other God to like desecrate it when this is your holy your holy artifact and you don't even know what in it but all the historical records already tell you what in it like you shouldn't have to be go searching what in it you want to see it for yourself why and now come to the point where y'all just get it back but y'all already want to get rid of it like i don't i just don't understand it when we just point out that the other the other philistine nations hold this thing in such high regard they send gifts to your god hmm. they trying to appease for their sins to your god and you don't even realize that but to me, this is very Israelite-ish. <laughs> like, this is... All right, so <clears throat> let's think about it, right? Um, Korah, Korah and his people, right? Mm-hmm. They rebel, you know? They end up getting the, the earth, end up opening and killing them. Mm-hmm. And what do people do? They turn around and they grumble against Moses. Bro, you going too far, bro. This ain't fair. Moses like, fourth Korah dead. It was, it was Moses fourth Korah dead, but y'all completely ignore the fact that that Korah was overstepping his boundaries and Korah was trying to exalt himself over God's appointed. 
Car was <laughs> Moses was telling them to repent, bro. We was even talking about it. We was like, bro, this Moses guy, bro, he too humble for me. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? Because these people are loud and wrong, you know. <laughs> but but they want double, triple, quadruple down. Moses was like, bro, if God bring a new, but if you all die natural deaths, then I name. You see what I say? Like if you all mm-hmm. if you all die natural deaths, then you all are you you all are correct in your assumption that I. I, I shouldn't be the leader, right? However, if God bring a new thing today and open the earth and y'all get swallowed up, you would know that God isn't pleased with y'all. And that very thing happened. But somehow they feel like Moses was manipulating God saying, oh, God, kill this one. You kill this one. Like, like if, if Moses was using his power for, like if, as if Moses has power and he was just killing people off as he pleased, right? So they turn on Moses because, and it just got to show how, how numb the Israelites were. So, the goodness of God. They see something that was anti-God, that was not of God, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't see anything wrong with it, right? So they see someone get killed for doing something that is completely fair. Like Korah was completely justified and what he do hypothetically, I'm saying this is what they assume. Mm-hmm. Korah was justified and Moses caused him to be, to be killed because of that. So it's Moses' fault, right? In the same way, the people of Israel, of Beth Shemesh, they look into the Ark of the Covenant Right. They would have had to touch it. They would have to have been too close to this thing. They, they would have just they 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 was in the boundaries that they should not be, basically. And they get killed. And now they turn around and say, oh, God is too holy. That's mm-hmm. what it turned out and end up being. This God too holy for us, bro. Like, come, boy, why? Excuse me. Why are you even here, bro? Like, it's impossible for us to be around this God because it's too holy. Completely disregarding the fact that it's very possible. Right. But y'all doing something that y'all was supposed to do. Y'all end up getting killed because y'all disobeyed God. But now it's God's fault. Definitely, because I'm like, think about it. <laughs> we had a whole episode, but then they had a whole book dedicated mm. to how you as Israelites can come into the holy presence of God and still be safe. So again, and that was the law. Again, like how we have, like how we have <laughs> exactly. laws, like, you know, you shouldn't drive this fast and X, Y, Z. This was their laws. Exactly. So again, like, Y'all this so far disconnected with God and y'all own religious principles that this is becoming a burden to you guys. The best thing that could ever, the best thing that could happen to you guys in this, in this predicament because y'all literally lost like the physical representation of God in your presence. Where God was dwelling amongst you guys in the tabernacle. Y'all lost that for seven months. That's more than half a year. Seven months y'all lost that. Y'all finally get it back now. It's a burden to y'all. Like I just don't understand. And yeah, but but you see what they do though. The same thing with 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 um with the Philistines too. When they get afflicted by the tumors, what they do? Hot potato. You pass it yeah. to another. Let's call, city. let's call it to these. Let's call it to these people. <laughs> exactly. So that's and that's fairly well. What they do? They say, hey, let's call out the city. Hey, y'all, come get this ark. Y'all come get this ark because the Philistines they brought it over <laughs> to the other people, right? But it was like, yo, y'all come get this ark, bro, because we can't be around this God. Who's so holy, he just keep killing us. And then, like, what's so powerful, right? I know we ain't read this, but when the story goes on to show that this ark didn't even go back to the temple, it was sitting in some, well, some guys, but the same uh, Kareth Jerem in Abinadab's house for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. 20 years. Didn't mean tell me 20 years, the rest of the nation didn't benefit from this ark. I'm they didn't benefit, but like, it wasn't where it was supposed to be. If this was supposed to be in the temple, in the holies of holies, where the high priest only could go in one once a year to atone for the sins of all of Israel. Mm. For 20 years, that wasn't happening. Well, it wasn't happening in its full entirety. 
because y'all just desecrating God. Like, I, w- I shouldn't say the Israelites got to do better, but again, to me, we put ourselves up in that, in, in that uh, situation. Like, when does God become a burden to us? When does God become less convenient to us with what we want to do? And that's something we all just got to think about. Because, I mean, I've definitely been there before when growing up, when we was like, oh, yeah, we can't do this and can't do this. Or we want to do this and, oh, that doesn't align with what we want to do. But God should never be a burden to us because in him is when we find our liberation. In him is when we become complete. Mm. But so, but the world gets us to thinking that, oh, we can't be in the presence of this holy being because we can't be who we want to be when it's just a completely warped way of thinking. So in 2 Samuel 6, mm-hmm. they go on, there's another story about regarding the Ark of the Covenant, mm-hmm. right? The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stayed in Obed-Edom's house for three months and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and, his, and all his family. Mm-hmm. So I just want to show a contrast here because you mentioned it was in Abinadab's house, right? For 20 years. But we don't have we don't have context of what type of 20 years that, that was. But this later on in, in, the, in the book of Second Samuel, they talk about the ark being in someone's house and that ark was a blessing to them. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Because they wasn't being unrighteous. They wasn't treating this ark. They wasn't irreverently. They wasn't worshiping the ark in, 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 in one way, shape or form. They wasn't idolizing this ark. This ark was in their trophy. This was a, a this was a respected element of you know of god but mm-hmm. it wasn't god and they understand that you feel me and so like you say like a lot of times we we look at the things that the things that god put in place for our structure and we look at it as it, it is a punishment i used to use this analogy all the time let's say well i'm married now right let's say a woman comes to me and says hey do you want to um do you want to go on a date with me and i say no I can't go on a date. I'm married. If the woman responds to me and says, oh, your wife has too many rules. You can't go on this date because you don't want to break that rule. I tell her, no, it's not a rule that I can't go on a date. Although it is a, a technically a rule, an unwritten rule. I'm mm-hmm. not going to go on this date because I love my wife. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it ain't even about the rule no more because my wife never write down, hey, thou shalt not go on dates you understand? Thou shall not X, Y, Z. But there's certain things that I do because of love. Mm-hmm. You understand? And, and there's certain things that I don't do because of love. And how do we know? When you first meet somebody, right? You don't know what their boundaries are. You understand what I'm saying? It's not until you get to know them that you know, hey, because I love you, I'm not going to overstep these boundaries because mm-hmm. I know these things. How would you know which boundaries you can and cannot overstep if you don't know God? Mm-hmm. If you don't know what boundaries God clearly outlined as boundaries that are not to be overstepped. You have to understand these things to be able to fully love God. You have to understand what means, what means a lot to God. You know, what things that God deems as good, what things that God deems as sin. And if we don't know that, then, <laughs> if we don't know that, then we're going to be like the Philistines who captured the Ark of the Covenant and did not know what greater sin that they did. And then every day that they kept it, it was a snare to themselves because they didn't know how to treat the Ark of the Covenant or how to reverence or even how to return the Ark of the Covenant, you know? But once that thing was returned, their life went back to normal, mm-hmm. you know, because they because they with the they see the cause and effect. They did one thing and a bad thing happened. So now they understand we overstepped our boundary. 
We did something that was wrong in the eyes of the Israelite God. The people of Israel, they had the boundaries, but you literally know the boundary. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But they, they, they either were willfully ignorant or just wanted to be disobedient. And so they overstepped their boundary and 70 of them died. But instead of saying, hey, repenting of their sins, we can see a tremor the Israelite. They look like they don't even like repent. You understand? They just get defeated by the Philistine twice. They ain't repent yet. You know, they just get the Ark of the Covenant back, right? They offer sacrifices. You would think that they, they happy in a happy place. But instead, they go on right back to acting like other like the other people of the land. They treat this thing like a, like a God. And now that they are being punished, they just want to throw away God. How many times when we receive any type of backlash because of our own actions, but we just want to turn away from God. We go to church. Someone in church say something or speak against a lifestyle that we do not like. We ain't, I ain't going to church no more. You understand? Mm-hmm. I ain't listening yeah. to this pastor no more because this pastor speaking against something that fundamentally I do not want to let go. I don't feel like I should let go. You understand? But what authority do we have? Do we make any roots? You understand what I'm saying? So if you are a Christian, you believe in God. You know, you, you love God. As the text goes, if you love me, you would keep my commandments. You understand what I'm saying? And the only way to understand how to love God and to, you know, treat God the way he would like to be treated, reverencing him, praising him and getting closer to him is to actually read the word, study the word and get an understanding of it. Wow. What a lesson learned for both the Philistines and Israelites regarding the sacred articles of God. And although God gave the Israelites over to the hand of the Philistines, he is still not a God to be mocked. A lesson that both parties had to learn the hard way. But now, there's a new sheriff in Israel. One who does not blaspheme. One whose first order of business was to rid the city of their idols, cry and repent unto God, and reclaim the land that was taken by the hands of the Philistines. We'll talk more about Samuel on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at a breath of fresh air pod on instagram and b-o-f-a-p-o-d on twitter thanks everyone and we'll see you next week